love you. Dear folk, ladies and men, glad to have you here again. So, please, won't you come on in and sit with us here on the couch? <laughs> I am the Green Traveler from Gorsh. And I'm the Faceless Leon. I have no face. And this is a podcast about movies and TV. And today we got a trilogy triumvirate. Triumvirate? I know how to spell it. I don't know how to say it. Triumvirate? Triumvirate? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's possibly a, a very unlikely to happen again trilogy triumvirate because this is a trilogy triumvirate that was produced or that was published right. in one year. At the same yes. time. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is, uh, unless it becomes a trend for the streaming services to do it. Yeah. Uh, which I'd be down for it if they're good. I mean, this yeah. one was, uh, promise, very promising, I think, if that does become a trend. I agree with you. I think it's very, it's a very rock solid film, and I think it could pave the way for a new kind of storytelling because, I mean, it's kind of just like Lord of the Rings, you know, how Lord right. of the Rings told one giant story. But they they did it one per year, you know? It's like they filmed right. them all back to back, but they released it year after year. And Netflix is just like, nah, 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 we're doing them all right now. So you can watch this, like, I don't know what it comes to, a three and a half hour adventure, four yeah, and a half well, hour so adventure. Yeah, the first, so the first two are, like, pretty close to an hour and a half. So those two are, like, three hours. And then the second one is a two-hour movie. So five. About five-hour adventure. Wow. Yeah. And I, I, I spread it across three days. I had to. I, I just don't oh, have the right. schedule to. Right. Yeah. But the fact that I could just come back to it the very next day, that was a very pleasing thing because it got me through the work day. Cause, yeah. Because, you know, I, I'd be sitting there at work being like, maybe it was like a bull, like a dull spell, you know, we weren't having a lot of members or whatever coming in. And I'm just like, hmm, I can't wait to get home and watch Fear Street. That's going to yeah. be a lot of fun. <laughs> it, it is enjoyable. Um, I, oh, I don't yeah. know if I should say that I was surprised, but it was pleasant. I, I will say was I was surprised. Than, it was better than I expected. And like, I just saw it sitting there, you know, on Netflix. And I think I mentioned it to you and was like, yeah. we should try this. And I'm so glad I did. Yeah, I remember somebody at work had mentioned it and like it just kind of went in one year and out the other. They weren't talking to me specifically. They were just somebody else what had watched the movies and they were talking together. And right. it's like all I heard was like Fear Street and I was like, oh, that sounds kind of cool. But like I didn't listen to what was going on. I, I just kind of drifted into my own space. But yeah, when you brought it up, I was like, well, that'd be perfect for fucking Halloween. Right. And I I'm happy to say I was surprised because one, it's they're all directed by uh, Lee or Leia. Janayak, she's only done like two or two projects before this, I think. Like, I've never heard of her, and I'm so happy to have finally heard of her because now you better fucking believe I'm going out to check those other two projects because this yeah, is amazing. This is great. I mean, so well put together. Like, just okay. The only thing that I really, really didn't, I we reviewed the whole thing in four minutes already. But I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's so much more to divulge yeah, into, of definitely, course. Definitely. So, the only thing that I did not like was the, oh, tune in next time thing yeah, at yeah. the end. That definitely made it feel more like TV movie mm -hmm. than it could it could have been. I mean, like, I, even if it was like a post-credit scene, that would have been better. 
but it yeah. was it was always it, it really felt like the at the end of an anime episode that's what it really right. felt like and, and i'll be honest i skipped that because thankfully they put that a little bit after the credits so like they, they'll, right. they'll, they'll have like a few credits and then they'll have that little mid like tune in right. next time but once and then the way netflix is set up is very nice once the credits start happening even if there is a car scene it's like hey you could skip this Right. And I always went back. I would always skip the intros when they're just like previously on Fear Street. Skip. You know, it's like when, uh, coming up next week on Fear. Nope, not doing it. Yeah, it's just like it's right. easy to skip. And I think skipping it helps it a lot because, yeah, I watched the first few seconds of the, the first movies next time mm-hmm. and they were giving away way too much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, was, so that's another thing that I didn't dislike about the movie because the way that they played with it and we got so much more information in that second movie, mm-hmm. but we already know the story of the second movie by the time yeah. it starts. So that was another thing that could have been a detriment, but was, was not, I don't think. I don't think yeah. Yeah. You know how the, you know how the story ends, but you don't know any of the meat and potatoes of it, which right. is nice. Um, it, it, it makes for a little bit more of an interesting, like, how's this going to happen? Mm-hmm. And, and when we get to the the third one, I'll I'll go further into this, but it's like where you knew where the story was going with the second one, you know, it didn't detriment it because it's like, okay, I know the ending because they've already told me and kind of showed me the ending, but I right. don't know how it's going to get there. With the third one, I knew piece by piece what was going to happen just because I've watched a lot of movies. Uh, yeah, right. And so, yeah. yeah, by the time we got to the third one, I knew what was going to happen. And I do consider it a tiny bit of a detriment for the third one. And we'll, we'll go further into it when we get there. But, like, it, it didn't it didn't hurt the experience. But, no. you know, yeah. But the fact that they were setting up something kind of textbook. I mean, it's, it's R.L. Stein. Like, it's all based off R.L. Stein's Fear Street novels. Yeah, why so, don't like, you talk about the novels a little bit? Because I never read a single one. Yeah, so I don't really remember the Fear Street ones too well. I remember Goosebumps like crazy. Right. I, wa- I read some Goosebumps. Yeah, when I was, I think, four, because I started reading when I was like late two, early three. I've been told I was two years old when I was starting to read, but that just doesn't make sense to me. But <laughs> <laughs> but it's possible. I don't know. I always remember reading. There's not a time in my life I've ever ha- like remember anybody teaching me how to read. I've just well, I've always known it. Maybe and Gorshans have an instinct level. It, it uh, could be, man. Language intelligence. Yeah, I'm just sitting there sucking on a bottle and reading a book on the bathtub or on the on the potty. <laughs> <laughs> but like the the first like uh one of the first novels. I don't. It wasn't the first novels, but the first like novels that i got super into was goosebumps i loved right. horror oh, ever since i was a kid i loved horror and i loved the thing i loved about goosebumps was they always ended in like a cliffhanger you know it was, it was always kind of fun to like get all the way to the end and then it has this like terrible cliffhanger it's like oh what happened oh no mm-hmm. and then it's my imagination filling in the ending which is kind of fun i mean it's also a bit of a ripoff on the writer's part but still it's kind of fun so <laughs> but, it was Fear Street also an anthology, or did it focus on these the, uh, one town or one group of people? Yeah, I'll be honest, I don't know. You don't remember? Yeah. I'm going to try a I, quick look. I was going to say, I remember that they were a little bit more young adulty. They were, uh, when I was a kid, I was reading just Goosebumps, and then as I got older, that's when like the librarian was like, maybe you would like Fear Street, it's a little bit of a more mature read. <laughs> it's like, okay, sure. Ate the shit out of that too. 
Right. So the first one was in 89. As in set in 89 or published in 89? It was published in 89. Uh. Well, given that all the main characters have different names, I'm going to say that it's an anthology. And holy shit. (laughs) He wrote a lot of them. 51 of them. Yeah, he wrote a shit ton of these. And then, like, there were several spinoff series that he wrote, too. Yeah. Yeah, but Goosebumps was more of my thing, and that's where you, you get a lot of that style of the R.L. Stein style. And right. there is some of that that bleeds into this show, but not a lot. There's not, you know, outside of the storytelling and, like, what they're kind of trying to set up, like, it's kind of like a teen drama horror film. Uh, right. Horror film threesome, I guess. Horror film trilogy. But, like... Outside of that, it really just kind of feels like its own standalone thing. Like, it it doesn't, you know, if you remove the Fear Street title, I wouldn't have put R.L. Stein's name to this. No. Because it doesn't, it doesn't have a lot of that zing to it. And I honestly think that's a good thing. There is one very obvious R.L. Stein thing that I kind of guessed in the first movie. I will say, uh, let me think of how to word this without giving spoilers. Uh... There is a character character whose name is like let let's say it's Fun. His name is Fun. Okay. And and, and in Arl Stein, you typically always know that it's like oh, if his name is Fun, he must be bad, or he must he's be evil. Have, he's not gonna be fun. Yeah, he's not gonna be fun. And, and so it's it's like there's it's kind of like that low hanging you know fruit kind of like oh we need a good name for our villain. Ooh. Here's a good name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anyways. But like that was that was like one big thing was like when they mentioned this character and he's just like, hi, I'm Mr. This last name. I'm like, oh, you're probably the villain, aren't you? <laughs> it, was, it was just it was a it was a it was something they tried to bury for far too long. That was kind of very right. obvious, given that R.L. Stein's name was slightly attached to this like i don't think he had anything to do with this well maybe it was based off of one of the novels probably yeah and they, and they thought that they could do it and uh you know three movies and they did so i yeah i i just thought i recalled you saying that you read a couple and i thought maybe you would know more but that's <laughs> nope, okay. I just read, I just read a couple. <laughs> that's all that that meant. <laughs> let's talk. Let's let's go back to when we were two. You were just you know you hadn't quite learned how to read yet. Nineteen ninety four. Well, I was no, I was born I was in nineteen ninety four. So Fear Street, the first part is set in nineteen ninety four. Just so that you could conveniently not have cell phones. That's right. the only reason. It's true. And to get that 90s nostalgia, which there's very of little course. of. Yes. But <laughs> it's coming in, though, man. I feel like there's a lot more things set in the 90s now. And it's and it's like, yeah. okay. I yep, guess. They're trying. They're, they're moving on from the 80s nostalgia. They're like, well, we've milked that dry. Let's move <laughs> on to the 90s and the frosted tips. So we start off in the mall. Right? Because yeah. where does any great teen horror start off in? The mall. Exactly. And uh, there's these two kids, uh, and they're kind of just closing up shop and stuff. 
But a lot of, like, you know, scary noises keep on going on. But then, all of a sudden, you got this skull masked guy, and he's killing people. And he, when he goes and he kills Heather, this, this poor defenseless, I think it's Heather. I don't give a crap, actually, because they die. Right. <laughs> They're a um, five minute introduction. <laughs> yes. Uh, you find out that it was actually her friend that she was hanging out with earlier, and he seemed all well and good. So I, I gotta say that intro is really fucking solid for yeah, that first I film. Think like, so. yeah, I watched it and it was like watching Scream all over again. You know, it was, it was a good slasher right. intro. And I'm just like, all right, okay, right, yeah. And, they definitely do the Scream thing with killing off the introductory perspective, <laughs> right. And like the, the but where it where it twists where it goes you know awry where it changes the the formula is a cop does shoot the killer right then and there right yeah and it's like oh we're not gonna be following this guy I thought yeah, we I thought they were setting up a killer here no it's it's it goes a little darker than that it sure does yeah from there we jump off into Dina was that her yes name? Dina? Dina is our our heroine. Um, yes. Uh, Kiana Madeira, I hope I pronounced her name right. She uh, is awesome, and she oh, man. plays in the Shady Side band, and, but she quit, but she decided to go anyway to see Sam, her old boo thing who moved to Sunnyvale, only to find out that she's macking on this guy, this this. Yeah, go football player named Pete. And I was trying to find Sam in the cast list here. There we go. Samantha Frazier played by Olivia Scott Welch. I have to say that I was really honestly kind of surprised about the whole acting of the cast. I thought they did a pretty good job. But in this role in this series, and we'll talk about more of that later. In this role in the series, I thought that Olivia was a little a little flat. Yeah. Honestly. When she was playing so okay, these this is spoilers. Later she does get possessed. I'll say that. And that acting I thought was pretty decent. But when she right. was just being Sam, it just felt fell a little flat for me. But other than yeah. that, I thought everyone's acting was pretty up there. Uh I agree with you on on Sam. I feel like her character or maybe the actor also, I don't wanna you know, speculate on her thoughts, but her character kind of shifts a lot in the first film because right. you know, as as you said, uh, Sam is macking on that uh, whatever his name, football guy Pete, yeah, and Pete. Uh, and later on, there's you know a lot of contention, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of riled up, you know, teen angst and hormones get involved. There's a car accident. There's a lot of yeah. There's some shit that goes down. And Sam and Dina are just constantly, like, fighting each other. It's like, you know, it's like, I loved you and you're being mean to me. And, like, you know, just teen stuff. You know, breakup right. just happened. They're fighting a lot. And then, you know, Monster comes into play and immediately they're just like, okay, we're in love again. Let's survive. Right. Yeah. It happens really fast. Yeah. Yeah. It's really weird. I feel I feel, I feel like that might have applied to Sam's flatness a little bit because her, her character has the biggest switch. Dina it still right. feels natural that she would want to protect and you know be with sam because she still does love sam she right. still 
You know, she, I, she's not angry at Sam for... And I don't think that Sam doesn't love her anymore. I right. I do think that it's implied pretty well at the end of the series that it was Sam's mother who was trying to keep them apart. Right, and right. So she was probably just trying to be an obedient child and meet some boy so that yeah. she could conform. But anyhow... There's, there's a lot about that in this movie, which I applaud it for, too. There's a lot of co- good commentary. The whole trilogy. Yeah, the whole series. Yeah, for sure. Which, like, I, yeah, I really enjoyed that aspect of this, uh, of these films, because it was, it was really fun to, because you have in the, you know, the mid-90s and their view on it. Right. And it's just, you know, it how they handle it is really interesting and really fun to watch. And then they go all the way back in the third film to 1666. Right. And it's like, oh my, Jesus! How like how it how it develops, how it evolves or devolves, is just you know it's very kind of horrifying. Right. And I I love that they brought that in to be a very central aspect of uh, of how they brought homophobia specifically and as a right. specific uh, aspect of this trilogy. It's not as big of a aspect of the second movie. Yeah, not really. Seventy eight. But it doesn't have to be to be a very strong LBGTQ message. I think it's right. uh, it's good. I think I got all the letters in there. That that acronyms are really hard for me. I think you got <laughs> it. It, it, it. You missed the plus, but I think oh, that was all right. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but so, uh, to go further into the uh, first film. Uh, as you mentioned, there are two rivaling towns. There's two sister towns. There's Sunnyvale and Shadyside, yep. I think. Yeah, okay. that's right. And most of our characters are from Shadyside, at least the heroes. And it is a, a foretold historic thing, a very you know bold, adventuring statement to say that Sunnyside is always sunny. It's always great. Right. It's always blooming. Right. The economy is great. People are happy. Million dollar and houses. Exactly. Beautiful days. And Shady Side is, I think I said Sunny Side, Sunny Vale. But Shady sunny, Side yeah. is yeah. the home of all serial killers ever. Not ever. really. Not all of yes. them. Not all, all of them. them but <laughs> it's a psychopath sink pit. Yeah, I think they call it the serial killer capital of America. Yeah, you know, it's, it, it bursts a lot of these people who just go out and just wreak havoc. And, you know, maybe you would put two and two together and think that something fucked up is there. But who knows? <laughs> so, <laughs> it takes a, basically... It takes a high schooler to do that. <laughs> Ryan is just the last name in uh, this ongoing list of people. Yeah, yeah an all-new list of killers. And I don't really remember what gets Dina. Oh, oh, because at the football game, Dina sees Sam macking on the guy. They fight. Right. And then when, when they're on the bus ride back home, when Dina is at least, uh, Sam and the guy that she was with come up in their car and are like harassing right. the bus a little and bit. And they're wearing the mask that the killer was wearing. That's just right. Just like the night before. Yeah. That was also a very fun thing in this first film because, again, it's like a teen drama in a way. And just the the lack of – or I don't know how to say it, the, the, the callousness of everybody in these towns because they're so hardened. They're so desensitized to murder right. that, like, 
and, and there's this there's this huge overarching mythology that there's a witch you know it's like right there's a witch of shady side and she's Sarah the reason Fear. there's all these serial killers because yeah that's right sarah fear that's a good name too i love that name spelled f-i-e-r that's right. <laughs> fear and uh it, it, but yeah she she was murdered back in the 1600s and ever since then shady side has been producing serial killers and it's like all, all these people, all the citizens, everybody, they just like they, – they love this mythology that right. this witch – or maybe they loathe it too. And there's a lot that loathe it. But the, the, the high schoolers at least just have a fucking heyday with it. Right. You know? it, it's kind of gross. And like – It um, is. It very and, much is. And Dina comments on how gross it is even though her best friends are uh, like kind of the main perpetrators – uh, I believe yeah. it's Kate and Simon are her two friends that are tagging along, along with her brother, Josh. Kate, played by Julia Raywald. Simon, played by Fred Hetchinger. And Josh, played by Benjamin Flores Jr. And I really like Josh. He's got a big crush on Kate. And that's, yeah. that's kind of fun. And, and Kate is. and Simon... Uh, sell drugs to make extra money to try to get out of Shady's side. <laughs> and, like, and, and she's the valedictorian and yeah. Simon is the the um, employee of the month for like the last yeah. two years at the mall. Yeah, yeah. They <laughs> they go to the grocery store. He works at the grocery store. And he's also com- he's also constantly talking about like different things that are on sale at the store too. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, As, I like all three of them, but yeah, I really did love Josh. Like uh, yeah, Benjamin Flores great. Jr. was he was a lot of fun. Like I attached to him immediately, and I was just like, "All right, if there's anyone I want to survive this whole three, uh, these all three of these films, I keep calling them threesomes, and I feel like that's just us." <laughs> but like, if there's anybody I want to survive this whole film trilogy here, it's it was Josh because he's just a fucking nerd, and I love him. Like, yeah, he's a perfect. <laughs> he's the perfect. Uh, he's just he, so, he's just online chatting with some lady <laughs> yeah he so he he's on to the shit because i think a couple years previous a friend of his was killed in one of these these murders so he is online talking to these people who are like okay the curse is real guys and we gotta yeah. figure out what's going on and he's got like you know one of those murder walls in his room with articles and shit. There's not the I don't think there's the red string, but he, <laughs> there might have been. Honestly. There might have been. I couldn't. Re- I couldn't recall. But anyhow, he's the one when all of a sudden, bum bum bum. I don't know if I should spoil this. We can edit it if you don't think I should. The skull mask killer returns Again. and yeah. tries to get him. And he's like, dude, look at all this stuff. Especially because uh, Simon almost gets killed by this lady who was dead years and years ago. Right. Look, this is her. I got an article yeah. with her picture on it. And, and she she kills with a razor blade. She sings. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what she was doing that night. Yeah. Yeah. All these all these serial killers coming back to life. It's 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 creepy. Yeah. It's 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 messed up. And that is pretty much uh, the premise yeah. of the first one. Uh, I, I'd forgotten to say this earlier was uh, the reason Dina gets involved is when the kids are harassing them behind the bus. Right. 
she tosses a water tank out at them on yeah. accident, but she tosses it out there and the, the car swerves, has an accident. And uh, at the end of the accident, when Sam gets out of the car, she sees the witch, you know, she has a vision yes. or whatever. Yes. And, and I will say that that is uh, why Dina gets involved because when these killers start coming back, they're gunning for them. For right. some reason, they don't know why they're all gunning so, for Dina, for Sam, for Josh. And so it's just like, okay, it, you know, we gotta, we, we gotta try to band together and figure out what's going on. And, and Josh has the lockdown on it. He does. He knows everything. Always follow your nerdy little brothers. Yes. No shit. If they play D&D, they are good at this. Yes. And that's probably not play, true, honestly. If they well, play like okay. Us. At the very least, they might be problem solvers. That's yeah, true. if they play like us. Oh, my God. Last night, we were playing uh, a game that neither of us had played before. but And I had heard about it, but when they expressed it with the acronym DCC, yeah. I had no idea. But Dungeon Crawler Classics, it's a lot of fun. If you're a tabletop fan, you you yeah. probably heard about it because you're probably uh, more old school than us. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> Fuck it. If you're a nerd and you haven't heard about it, go check it out. It's a lot of fun. A uh, lot of character death. It's fun and fairly simple. Very, yeah, yeah. You don't have to yeah. you don't have to spend a lot of time like role playing certain characters. You just you have a group of characters, so it's really cool. Yeah, a lot of fun. Thanks for DMing our friend. I won't mention your name in case you don't want to do that. Yeah. But thanks not a sponsor dungeon <laughs> crawler classics <laughs> but there there is a nice little like uh stranger things D feel to these films yes. you know and i think a lot of that does come from josh in the first film just because Definitely. he is you know when he's when he's chatting with that girl online he's using like very old timey like english and he's like my queen yes. <laughs> i will shall be done yeah yes. it's, it's it's adorable and it's hilarious and cute and I fucking love them. So should we go into closing statements on this film? Yeah, yeah. I don't want to give I don't want to give too much away. So yes, right. I'm okay with that. I give the first one three stars. It's very enjoyable slasher yeah. film uh, with a with a bit of a you know a not really but a bit of a supernaturally twist. It doesn't have too much of a supernaturally twist in this one, but there right. is you know it, it's mostly a slasher for a while. And then there's a little bit of that introduced in the end. And I just, I fucking loved it. It's, it's a lot of fun. The characters are very callous. They really do set up the teen drama feel. Like, I, I can't remember who I was talking to, but I called it a CW horror film. And yeah. it's, it, it just, but, but a much better done than CW. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's above that quality, but it feels on that level of teen drama. And it was just, it, it really hooked me. It was so good. And the directing by uh, Lee Janiak, like, amazing like i'm so excited to see more from her and i get to see yeah. more from her in the next two films so that's right bum. yeah i give it a face there's a, there's absolutely no reason not to watch this movie it's great i i think that i'm gonna say it up front i think i like the other two better though there are reasons why i think one of them is less strong as a film than this one so oh, right. this one it is a very strong film, well put together, and uh, I love how it leads into the second one because obviously they knew they were doing this from the very beginning. 
Right. And also just the way that they make them three completely different films by setting them in different time periods. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a great first step. And yeah, there was some 90s nostalgia for me in there. Uh, but I really didn't care for that. This one, I mean, I didn't really feel like that was such an important part of this particular movie. It was more of like just very much a classic feel of field. There's definitely some tropes in here and some cliches, but they also play with them a little bit and right. just all around the performances and where the story leads all good stuff. Go watch the movie. Hell yeah. And let's, uh, let's go back in time to part two, 1978. But before we do that, I'm, I'm getting a little thirsty. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah. Go I get yourself I some get... water. Oh, I want oh. a soda pop, but that's okay. We'll get a soda pop. Don't get a, get a soda pop. Okay. I'm going to drink my bougie sparkling water. <laughs> All right. I'll be back. All righty. Oh, you're back. Hello. Hello, I'm back. Oh, are we're we back, back though? We're are, back. Oh, You're wow. back. That was that was fast. <laughs> Literally oh. just sat my ass on the cheek. Uh, <laughs> oh, are we not back? You're back. Now we're back. Okay, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we didn't even mention it in the first uh, first half of this. We we're stumbling our way through, but this is our one hundredth episode. It is our 100th episode. Isn't that great, guys? Come on, potatoes. Put it up. Put your spuds together. Woo woo. Yeah, we've done 100 of these dumb things, and I fucking love it. <laughs> <laughs> Here's uh, to 100 more. So, uh, I think that there might be a couple of spoilers that we mention. Or, or you know what? We could just skip the whole C. Berman thing and just talk about the story that's in 1978. Yeah. yeah, I think it's mostly... I mean, you've already mentioned that Sam gets possessed. Right. And so I think it's fair to say that part two is basically just furthering on that storyline. How do we get her unpossessed? Right. How do we free Sam? And, uh, you know, Dina and Josh, they... they they go and find somebody they believe might help them. Somebody who survived the Camp Nightwing murders. Right. And first off, Nightwing is my all-time favorite DC oh, right. comic book yeah. character. And so Camp Nightwing and a whole fucking murder story around it. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's great. I love it for that alone. Like, that's amazing. I thought you might have something to say about that. So... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In this movie, they are regaled the tale of this Camp Nightwing. And we follow Ziggy and her sister, Sydney. They don't get along so well because Sydney, I think it's Sydney, isn't it? Something like that. Or Cindy. There. Yeah, Sydney. Cindy. Cindy. Yeah. Uh, and she's played by Emily Rudd. And Ziggy is played by Sadie Sink, who is in Stranger Things. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's fun. And this also has very much a Stranger Things feel to it. It just feels yeah. a little bit earlier. 
like it should. <laughs> right, right. It definitely feels the 70s. So anyhow, Cindy is trying to get, is doing her best to get out of Shadyside because, you know, things are just fucking nuts. Yeah. And so she has cleaned up her act. She used to be a bit of a troublemaker, you find out. But like like a lot of Sadie shy, Sadie Shady Siders, <laughs> they have a reputation, at least according to the the Sunny Veilers. Right. And this camp also is a funnel of both of them, so they play on that rivalry in the camp on purpose. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they they have this color war thing, which is a big event. Like they do, like capture the flag and other yeah. things. Between the two towns. And, uh, and the Shady Siders are the Shady Side Witches. <laughs> yeah, they're the sh- Shady Side Witches. And what do they make them like this, the Sunnyvale Knights or something like that? <laughs> something like that, yeah. One of the one of the like counselors on the Sunnyvale side is even like, We've never lost a color war. Oh, but Sydney and Ziggy, they're not getting along because Ziggy's like, you changed, man. Yeah. And everyone talks like that in this movie. So <laughs> yeah, she's it. not happy at all that her sister is becoming straight edge. Yeah. And she's like, I'm all. just now. And it, it's kind of adorable, too, at the same time, because, you know, my brother and I, we were five years apart. And by the time that, you know, he was getting older and I was still into, like, younger things, I was very much like uh, Sadie's character in this, where she was just like, I just want to do shit. Like, I want to rebel and have fun and do all these kind of right. fun teenager things. And you're over here, like, not swearing whatsoever. Like, your <laughs> boyfriend has to go miles to kiss you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I definitely right. got the, the, the sibling vibe from both of them because it was so, it was just cute and adorable. Speaking of her boyfriend, Tommy Slater, played by McCabe Sly. So, Tommy, yeah, I don't know if we should give it away. I mean, it, it it is a first movie reveal, is the thing. Yeah. I think it's okay to give it away, because it's, we're not giving away the whole thing. No, we're it's not. Kind of, it's kind of known up front. It, yeah, as you said, it's, it's in the first movie. So, Sweet Tommy, as referred to by Sydney, he becomes an axe murderer. Yeah. Like, uh, honestly, like, Tommy... And he must be stacked or something because it's like Michael and Jason had a baby. Uh, really, mostly it's Jason. Uh, it's mostly yeah. <laughs> they even get a sack, uh, a flower sack on his head, like the second movie. Uh, yeah. At, after a certain point, and that was the part it. that I was looking for because they slowly, slowly built his costume throughout the movie which is the best so he's featured in the first movie as one of the murderers that chases them and they slowly build up this costume and it was great because like it was was, the two days that i had to wait to watch the second part was long enough for me to forget the name tommy slater until the movie like until he put i think that flannel on and I was like, oh, right. damn it. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're like, oh, that's right. Yeah. Because, like, uh, he was already becoming possessed because that's what happens. We already discussed that. So, 
he was already becoming possessed, so I knew something was going to happen. I was like, oh, duh, he's he's the guy with the flower sack. So now yeah. the whole movie, I was just waiting for him to get the flower sack. And I got to say, I accidentally looked away, and I missed, I missed the <laughs> oh, part man. if he either put it on or if it fell on him. I don't know. No, it was... It was- it, oh, I have to put up a spoiler wall because it was one of the best parts of the movie. Because I was, I too was waiting for it, and how he gets it is amazing. Because he is like, I think he's choking Sadie, uh, uh, Ziggy, Ziggy's okay. character. I, I think he's choking her, and she's trying to struggle and get away. It could also be Sydney. I can't remember which. It's one of the Cindy. It's one of the two of them. Um, right. But they they just like reach up for anything they can grab, and they grab a sack and they just shove it on his head and choke him with it. Okay. And like so, it, it kind of works at first so that they can get out of it and then he immediately just turns around and goes after them again but now he's got a fucking sack on his head. Yes. <laughs> it just made so him the, more creepy. What makes him more eerie, I think more eerie than Michael is that there's no eye holes. Yeah. He's just looking through the canvas. Yeah. Or not, you know, whatever. Yeah, he doesn't even he doesn't really need sight it seems. Yeah, he's just going. Yeah. So that's Tommy. Uh we also have some friends, some old friends that are no longer friends of Cindy. Uh, I think Alice was one of their names. Yes, mm-hmm. Alice and Arnie. And they're a couple. And they're also supposed to be counselors, but they're really just trying to get high the whole time. Which, right. you know, that, that fits the time period. Hell, that fits now. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> Yeah, they're the, they're the kids who are just trying to get high and have sex. They're those two kids. Yes, definitely. And they find this cave network under the the camp, and that's where a lot of the new information that you get in this film about this yeah. curse comes from. So one thing I want to talk about is like the the rhyme. I don't have the rhyme in my head, but it's like the the legend of Seraphir. The yeah. main thing is that she cut off her hand and offered it to the devil. So uh, you find out more about that. That's yeah. that's what the rhyme says. Yeah, they go in. They they go into the rhyme a bit. They go into the backstory again. Even though we know the ending, how it furthers the story. Yeah, it is also its own story. Is just it's great. It's so well yeah. done. Like it's a good prequel sequel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was it was really well done. I was so because as you said, going in, I thought like, well, we know what the fuck's gonna happen at Camp Nightwings. Like, this is gonna be inter- it's gonna be interesting to watch. But I was like, but it's just gonna be a slasher. It's gonna be whatever. Right. Like, I, it felt right. weird to me, but yeah, it wasn't it be- because the the characters are learning as we go, and it, it's it's informing the characters of the first film who are exactly. hearing the story. Right. And so it's yeah it's it was so well done like a heavy applause on the second I, one for that definitely because it could it could have been what you just said it could have just been a okay it's a it's a prequel that they tried to work into a sequel but exactly they were very successful at it so mm-hmm. congrats to that a uh, lot of cool stuff going on with also the nurse character nurse Mary Lane by played by Jordana. Spiro. She's Ruby Lane, the other serial killer's mom. So she's oh. been investigating it. And they learned stuff from her, too. And I just wanted to mention her because I thought she was interesting, even though she was only in the film for a very short amount of time. You know, I I think it's kind of sad because even though 
their last names were Lane, and they even mentioned that her daughter was like hooked into the serial killer thing. I don't think I pieced it together that oh, she was no. the mom of that serial killer <laughs> until you mentioned it. <laughs> well, I, like, they, I oh. think it was. I think it was a little more explicit. You must have just missed it. Um, I was just being dumb. It's very hard for me to like retain knowledge when it happens. <laughs> right. Right. Sure. So there are uh, a lot of children who die in this movie. So if that is something that you're into. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I mean, let's be honest. A camp horror story, like there's a lot of them out there and there's not a lot of them that are good. No. And this the easily by far the best camp horror film I've seen. Oh, it was so entertaining to watch a bunch of children get slaughtered. Let me tell you. <laughs> uh, particularly, I wanted to mention Jeremy, played by Dylan Gage. He was this uh, this nerdy kid, which, you know, I say with endearment, but dear God, those kids were letting him have it, weren't they? Yeah, they were. They were, uh, indeed. They were. But anyways, he, I I definitely identified with him. A little bit, because I was definitely him until I was, Aww. like, I don't know, 11 or 12, and then all of a sudden I was, like, just this huge person. <laughs> <laughs> Without a face. <laughs> Without a face, didn't have any idea how to use their huge body. A lot of good acting all around again. I think we should move on to closing statements for this one, too. Let's move on to closing statements, yes. Did I go first last time? No, you did. I'll go first. Uh, yeah. Why not? I'll give this one uh, another face. I, I'm more willing. I I don't think it quite gets a face and a half still, but I do think I I will go ahead and say that I I liked it better than the previous one, just mm. because like I, I wasn't expecting it to build on the lore so well. Yeah, and I I also I don't know. I kind of liked the characters that they had just a little bit more than the 90s characters. I'm not sure why, but it did a very good job of emulating the classic campsite horror movie. Right. And, and it just, it also felt a little bit like Scooby-Doo and Stranger Things at the same time. <laughs> right. It did, it did have that a bit, a bit of Scooby-Doo in there. There's a lot of good personality here in this one. And I agree with everything else you said too. I give it three and a half stars. Like it, how they furthered the story just wowed me, because I was I was expecting it to just get kind of stale, mundane slasher, and then we'll come back with the third one. But no, it 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 went above and beyond. So hell yeah, hell yeah. There's one more and movie it, to talk about. <laughs> exactly. On to part three. We step further back in time. To 1666. A big, uh, to, big jump. Yeah, I think to set it up, because uh, I don't want to give too much away from the last two films. All we will say is there is an experience at the end of the second movie right? where Dina is sent back in time, kind of. Kind yes. of like a vision. She has like this vi a yes. vision of what occurred back in the life of Sarah Fear. She is, she is in the, the body of Sarah Fear witnessing what happened back in 1666 she is she has slipped into the literal shoes or whatever passed for shoes back in 1666 claws Sarah fear 
clogs. She's got <laughs> she's got her muddy clogs on. <clears throat> and they try to do some like original pronunciation things. Uh like yeah. I, I kind of like the accent choices that most of them made. Uh, having done a production and the original pronunciation, I don't think they quite got it, but honestly the original pronunciation that is kind of hard to understand if you go right. that hardcore with it and also it, it is a lot of guesswork so it's I, i'm not gonna yeah. say like i am a purist and they didn't do it right <laughs> right i feel like they sat down watched the witch and then yes. legion Ayak was like all right i want us to do this but it's for netflix and it has to be understandable <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yes, that is how how it felt. But I will say that they all did a very good job of making it sound like they were from a similar place. I'll say, you yeah, know, sure, there was a couple outliers, but uh, nothing was terrible at all. Very good accent work. Good job, everybody. Oh, also, it's an ensemble class. Uh, they they yeah. take they take all the the people from the first two movies. And they make up the people of this village. Uh, yeah. Is the village called Union or Shadyside? I honestly don't know. I thought it was Union. I think but it's I guess Union. It, I guess it. I guess it could have been also called Shadyside. But no, they, I thought it was the when it split into the two. Okay. okay. I'm not sure. But this is the original settlement, which was which is where the camp is. In the yeah. second movie. And, and with everybody playing like their old ancestors and everything, it's kind of a lot of fun because a lot right. of them have different personalities. A lot of them are, right. are very just different people. But one thing that is still certain was that the character that Sam is playing and the character that Dina are playing, uh, Sam Fear and whoever Samantha's <laughs> ancestor was. I can't think of her. Uh, D- yeah. Name. Yeah. Dina is playing Sarah Fear. Uh, and, oh, yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Okay, Samantha Frazier, Olivia Scott Welsh, I know I just mentioned her earlier. She's playing Hannah Miller, and Hannah Miller is so much better than Samantha Frazier. Yeah, I really loved Hannah Miller, and, but the, uh, what, the, the, the thing that stays connected throughout all three films was that their characters are in love. Yes. And and that is what's going on here is Sarah Fear and uh Hannah, you said? Hannah Miller. Yep. Hannah Miller. Yeah, they are they are quietly in love. You know, they've had a few a few moments, you know, a couple of stolen kisses, but back in sixteen sixty six that was the death sentence. Yes, a death sentence, exactly. And you know, it, they could have very well because half of this movie is set in 1994 i will say that up front right like they they had an opportunity to just be like oh that's why sarah fear was killed but they don't do that they do i think a great job of telling what this story is yeah uh man it's really hard to talk about because i don't want to give away hardly any of it yeah i don't i don't either They, they do a good job at building up the legend of a witch Right. You know, with without without, you know, forcing her to be a villain in in her own film like this. You know, it's it's uh, uh oh, 
It's definitely it's a, yeah. the Crucible. <laughs> yeah. It's the yeah. Crucible meets actual re- witchcraft. No, meets the witch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Crucible yeah. and the witch kind of come together. But yeah, and it's 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 really well told. Um, I it's it's so very hard to talk about it without spoiling. But everything that they're trying to tell is kind of obvious. Yeah. So it's like I feel like I yes. feel like when you get to the end of the second movie, you know all of the beats of what's going to happen in the third movie, and so it's just like I want to talk about that because it just felt very obvious to me. But it's all huge spoilers, you know. Right. So I do want to talk about. I will try to be vague. You said there's one character with a very obvious name, and they they have ancestors in this episode. We'll say. Right. I figured with a name like that that they were going to have some nefarious involvement however Mm. i did not guess because i thought it was too obvious that they would be the main big bad so i actually was kind of surprised when that happened and i don't think they make a lot of sense when they're undercover as like part of the town because a lot of their actions further like bring further uh question onto themselves right and, and so it was very weird because as I was watching it, I was like, okay, maybe they're not the bad guy because this film, this this character yeah. is going very much out of their way to get themselves further into trouble if they were the bad guy. Right. And yet that is that is the case. Like they, they bring about their own destiny. So if, in, I, in if we're going to talk about, uh, I kind of want to talk about the curse a little bit. It's really hard. there's so many cool elements to the curse too i think they did a really good job of expressing the the magic of how all that works because what was traded what it what was traded for what was gained honestly seems like a pretty small gain like for the amount of payment uh yeah so it's it, it Magic is costly in this this world, and I think that's really cool. And the villains are greedy as fuck. Yes. And yes. selfish. <laughs> like, yes. oh my god. Yeah, and, and what this movie does for the other two movies is also fantastic. Like, yeah, yeah, once you get to the ending, it's like, oh shit, all this shit is all wrapped in together, and it's a very good closing chapter. The second yeah. half, I liked a little less. <laughs> <laughs> the second half of the movie? The second yeah. half of the movie. Yeah, I think it makes it, it gives it less strength than the other two because it really is a fourth part. Like, it's necessary to, to close it all together, but it really yeah. could have been a fourth movie, but I think three movies just makes more sense. And yeah, it's it's like uh, we got to wrap it up, so let's kill the big bad. Right, and it and they also would have had to come up with another hour of material to make either of them a full length movie. Right. So, yeah, I sense. can agree. It's it's definitely a weird switch, and I I like the first half a lot more. It doesn't hurt it too much though. Like even though it's very obvious what's gonna happen, it's still very entertaining to watch it all unravel. And and as you said, it, it wraps up the whole trilogy really well, which, you know, for for a series, it's it's really hard to have a good ending. It's really hard to bring a mm-hmm. solid end to something that's gone on for a long time. And again, I know this all dropped in the same day, but it, it's like a five hour experience. So when you get to the, the fifth hour, you you kind of want it to 
culminate in something that's very worthwhile. And I think, I think it does a really good job at that. Like it's, it's, it's a fun ending and it's not as horrifying as I would have liked it to be, but it's still a damn good ending. Right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Especially like I said, because of what it does for the other two movies. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of my closing statement on it because <laughs> like, it's it, it's very hard to like talk it without spoiling everything. Sadly, I, I give it three stars. I'll say that. I like that. Yeah, it's it is a step down from the second one. So I guess obviously that makes the second one my my favorite of the three. No surprise there. It was it was the second one was just like, tons of fucking fun. It has some really damn good kills. It does. Yeah, and, and this one just took a step down in that it's it's two different stories crammed together and not, not crammed in a poor way. It's really it's really well built together, but it's yeah. you know, they're they're shoved together for two hours. And like as you said, it should have been part three and part four if they could have made it happen somehow. I think this three <laughs> is just a better number and that fourth right. part probably wouldn't have been as strong because it's it's the weaker half of the movie. Yeah, so. it's the wrap up. Yeah, but it's still it's still incredibly worthwhile, and oh, yeah. the, the series, the the trilogy overall, uh, just like the the aspects of lesbianism and like homophobia and all that stuff that's involved, how we view witches, the the just the teen drama of it, like it, it is such a fun and worthwhile trilogy. Like I highly oh, yeah. recommend going out and watching, it, especially for Halloween. Like, oh, it, yeah. it's a great one for that time. It, even though it was written by R. L. Stein, it's not. I wouldn't say it's really necessarily family friendly. You know, you can watch it. I mean, if you got like teenagers, sure, but yeah, younger kids. I mean, it's a horror movie. <laughs> it's not. It's not a kids horror movie either. Even though no, it's yeah, some style, of the kills so. are very graphic. Yeah, don't don't get confused on that. But this movie, this might be controversial since I already said I think it's a weaker movie than the other two. But I'm gonna give this movie a face and a half. Just because I love how it capped off the whole fucking story. And I am a sucker, honestly, for that time period when it is a commentary on the Puritan lifestyle. Like, if you go and watch, like, you know, old Pilgrim movies, that shit's boring as hell. But, like, right. this and The Vich, it's a, it's a very, very, very good setting for yeah. horror. It works very well. I really like it. Just that that half a face is just for the first half of this movie, right? I, I loved it, even though I did a, predict a lot of it. I thought it was just such a good story. And that serial killer in the first half, even though they're not really focused on a lot, there's just kind of like a a, a bit of a background aspect to what's going on. Right. That was scary. That, that was, was scary. really good, yeah. and not in like a horrifying way. It's just like when when you're in the church. Where this stuff's happening and you're seeing what's happened, uh, it's like it's disturbing. Like you're yes, just like, oh is. man, oh man, it made me worry about Josh. Right? Yeah, man. Anyhow, good, 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 good series. I give the whole series a face and a half. I do think as a standalone movie, the second one's probably the best one. So we can give that the winner if if nice if you'd like. We can mutually say that. Give Camp Nightwing the gold stamp. The gold stamp, but face and a half on 
this movie that is strangely less strong than the other two. I don't, I, I know. It, <laughs> Your mind works in mysterious ways. <laughs> it's just the one I like the most. Yeah, that's fair. And, and I, I also, I would say I would give the whole trilogy a three and a half. The, the first and the yes. third get a three stars. The second gets a three and a half. But as a whole product, it's just a well put together package. Yeah. Like Janet, uh, Lee Janiak just did a, a great fucking job. So 100% agree. Face and a half stamp on the whole trilogy. That is the trilogy triumvirate right there. It was triumphant. Ba-ba-da. Indeed is it was. And that's, indeed it is. And yeah. I have been the green traveler from Gorsh. And I am the faceless Leon. Very happy to have watched these films. So go check him out. Safe travels and good night. Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of Fiction Works 19. If you like the show, please show your support by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Like, follow, subscribe, wherever you might listen. We also now have a Patreon account. If you feel so inclined to support us in a financial manner, Please become a patron by visiting patreon.com slash greenandfaceless. You can also find more information about us on our Facebook account or on the FictionWorks19 Instagram account. Thank you so much for listening.